grace and peace to you has all been our entry and blessing at the beginning and uh, through these weeks. I think it's been six weeks. It's also been our ending. So grace and peace to you. And uh, welcome to our service today. We're glad that you're with us whenever you're watching it from wherever you're watching it. And uh, we want to begin with a word of prayer. It's a constant prayer of mine before I preach. And uh, let's pray together. Uh, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to preach, the calling to preach. And in my preaching, may I be simple and so simple that a child would understand me. Um, Lord, I ask that you help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Uh, I trust your foreknowledge. I trust uh, your um, omnipotence, your power, your presence, and your all-knowing that who's going to be watching and when they're going to be watching and where they'll be watching from. That if you give me a word of knowledge to speak, even though I, I don't know where it will land, if you give it to me uh, and I want to be obedient to speak to it, uh, then, Lord, out of everybody watching this a part of the service, I know that I'm under a great judgment, a more strict judgment, because I'm a teacher of your word, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray in his name that I preach. Amen. We're still in our series, In His Presence, and we uh, gave you two intro uh, sermons to it that had to deal with position over presence. And we handled the disciples, their, uh, their need to know who's the greatest and where are they going to land? Are they going to be able to sit at the right hand and the left hand of Jesus in his kingdom? And as you know from last Sunday, even got a mom involved in the argument a little bit. Um, but the question of who is the greatest, basically Jesus' answer is, we choose to be the servant. And we choose last is what we choose. So we're going to carry on the series um, in his presence, but we're going to shift from position over presence to the fact that he is with us. And I'm going to use the 23rd Psalm today, verse 4, and just stay in that verse. I'm not going to go anywhere else with that. And just walk you through this and through some of the psalm itself uh, to catch you up. But most of you know it. Most of you know it by heart and memory. And it has uh, helped you in different crises of your life. And it's certainly going to help us in this one. But in the 23rd Psalm, it's going to be verse 4 that we're looking at. I'm going to read it to you. It said, even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, or you may have a version that says the darkest valley. I will fear no danger or evil, for you are with me. <clears throat> your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's the verse we're going to be using today. And in the, in the 23rd Psalm, <clears throat> you, have, you have three identities here. You have the shepherd, and then you have the guide, which really can overlap into both. He's the shepherd and the one who leads us and the guide. And then you have him being host. So uh, the Lord's our shepherd, the Lord's our guide. Combine those two. And then the Lord is our host is really how you break down the 23rd Psalm. And uh, as one man wrote, he said, the Psalms can be some of the richest treasure of Scripture for us. And we know that to be true. Um, so what are we focusing on today? Two Sundays ago, position over presence. Today, what are we focusing on? We're focusing on that you are with me. 
and we're going to break that down. So I'm just going to take it through the verse and we're going to walk through it together. And the first part is even when I go, even when I go, uh, you were on the go. You're not on the go now, but you were on the go. In fact, you were probably on the go way too much. That's what I hear today. That's what I hear that you're learning through this crisis is that you are, uh, you're learning that you were cramming too much into too little time. And it's true. Uh, I've seen it. I'm, I'm not the Lord, but uh, I've been saying it for a long time. I got to be honest with you. I don't think you paid attention. I, in fact, um, it, it seems like the hurry up hurried up. <clears throat> I remember um, now gas is just, it, it's some of it's under a dollar. I remember when I started driving in the seventies, uh, it was it was that, and, and now it's under a dollar. I can remember when gas prices were rising up to the four dollar a gallon range, and you would have thought that would have shut down travel. And uh, when it went up to that range, the next weekend we had the highest travel weekend we've ever had. Um, data becomes pretty incredible to look at and pay attention to. We, we're in a hurry. And I, as a preacher and other preachers, have warned you that you're in too big of a hurry. Life's passing you by. And I, I tell you, I think you hurried up more. Just like gas prices got to almost $4 a gallon, some over four, and you thought it would slow down travel when actually the next weekend it increased it to the highest level it's ever been. And my point in that is, listen, pay attention. I, I've told you over and over, I'm your under-shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. But we who pastor and preach, we are under-shepherds. And uh, I've been telling you a long time, you needed to slow down. I said, if the Lord could grant me anything, I would reach in and take that speed dial that's in your life, and it's, it's at a 10 plus on a scale of one to 10, and I'd turn it back to about a three. And I know you probably laughed at me. I know you probably, uh, you know, there's no way I can do that. And you know what I'm hearing? You know what I'm hearing during this crisis? It's been six weeks since we had a service in this church building. Now we're having one now, but obviously through technology. But uh, what I'm hearing is that you're taking walks with your kids, that your kids aren't needing more stuff. Uh, to, they're, they're learning things about you as a parent. And parents, you're learning things about your kids. If we're not careful, parents have been just taking kids around, just being the taxi driver, and we're taking care of their needs, shelter, food, clothing, education, those things safety, security, uh, but you really didn't know them. And one reason we didn't know them is because we just, guys, we have been in too big of a hurry. And the, the psalmist writes in this 23rd Psalm, even when I go, and I'm going to tell you, you all have been going, but you're not now. You're not going now. <clears throat> Things have shut down. Your life has changed and you're, you're becoming family units again. <laughs> and I actually, I am thankful for that. I'm absolutely thankful for that. And uh, the, the, the question here is, in my go, in my hurry, have I been missing life? And I, I think the honest answer to that is yes. Uh, 
uh, we've been missing opportunity in life, even with the dearest people that we love. So uh, when we're in a hurry, we think we're, li- we're living life, uh, but in a lot of ways we have been missing life. So uh, in verse four, he says, even when I go, I'm gonna use just one word to break up the, this part of the verse. It's, he says, even when I go through. And I'm gonna just use the word through as a challenge for you just a moment. <clears throat> I, uh, I remember when this hit me a few years ago as a pastor, uh, just studying because uh, when I study something, I don't just study for a Sunday morning, I just study. And it, it leads me to other discoveries. And here's a discovery of just the word through, and I do take it from Psalm 23, verse four. And uh, going through is a gospel truth. Uh, the gospel is about the cross and the resurrection. Absolutely no doubt. The basis and the foundation of the gospel message. He came to die for us. He paid my penalty. He stood in my place. He took on God's wrath that was meant for me. Uh, The cross and then him being raised from the dead, conquering what I fear the greatest, is absolutely the foundation of the gospel. But I think even the cross and the resurrection is a picture of through. Uh, God came and he, he, he came as Jesus and his mission is to seek and save those who are lost and become the lamb of God, the sacrificial lamb of God. Through the cross and the resurrection, he's showing us and providing a way, say it with me, through. It's through, not only in this life, but from this life. It's an example of through. Uh, Even when I go, the psalmist writes, even when I go through, the shepherd is completing. The shepherd's always thinking ahead of what does my flock need and where do I need to take them? Uh, in verse one of Psalm 23, he's referred to as my shepherd. And, not, and when it says he's my shepherd, I absolutely lack nothing in verse one. I shall not want, I lack nothing from him. Uh, he completes us. He's the A and the Z, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher. He is the life. He's the resurrection and the life. And he completes every single bit of it. Uh, through this pandemic, through this crisis we're in, I am convinced, absolutely convinced. I'm not saying this to make you feel good. I'm not saying it to make me feel good. I'm not saying it to make Tyra feel good. And I'm thankful that she's with us today and has lined up others to uh, sign for you who are not able to hear. I'm thankful for that. But I'm not saying that even because Logan has set all this up and he's behind the camera. I'm saying this because this is a truth. Whether you believe it or not, my shepherd is going to lead me through. Your shepherd is going to lead you through. What do shepherds do? They guide us and they lead us and they lead us onward, which is through. And I'm telling you, in this pandemic and this crisis, you've still got a lot of question marks. Some of those question marks have dollar signs in them. Some of those question marks have 
Uh, how am I going to hold on to what I have? Those question marks are, is there going to be a job for me on the other side of this? I, I want to give you confidence and I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you that my shepherd, our shepherd has a way through on the other side of this. It is a part of, in Psalm 23, he says he, he leads me in the paths of righteousness, the right paths. I, I know that my shepherd has a path, a right path through this pandemic, this crisis. And I have a shepherd that's going to lead us to the other side. And it's absolutely going to be the right path for us and even personally for you. And I'm asking you to trust in the fact that you're saying, my shepherd, I lack nothing in him, and he will lead and guide us through. Don't forget, part of the gospel message is through. Cross and resurrection, absolutely, foundation of it all. But even that is a picture of him leading us through. We just finished a segment of him leading us through this pandemic, this crisis, the situation that are in, and I can't tell you how much I believe that. Uh, I, I just hope you believe it with me, and I hope you see it as a gospel truth in the scriptures. But he, he's leading me through what? In verse 4, it says, he's leading me through the valley of the shadow of death. You may have a version that says dark valley. Um, they're, they're, they mean the same, and they're used. The valley of the shadow of death is about 20 times in the Old Testament. But it, it means darkness. It means a valley of darkness. Um, a valley of death, it can refer to other crises as well, but this valley is scary and frightening and it can seem to have an ending to it, uh, like it's all going to close up on me. Um, so if you see it as a shadow of the valley of death or your version may have a dark valley, it's still talking about the same. This valley of darkness has a point of danger to it, a point of evil. Uh, like you're being preyed upon. I really want to give a, a shout out and some props to Derek Kinder. Uh, D Derek Kinder is a British Old Testament scholar, and I've just enjoyed reading him. He's passed away, but he spent a lot of his life in commentary writing about the Psalms. And uh, I, I just want to uh, tell you how much he blessed my heart in reading. Let me give you a quote that he wrote about the valley of the shadow of death or the dark valley. He said, the dark valley is just as much a right path as going to green pastures. Do you see his point he's making? That uh, life with a shepherd is not always green pastures and quiet and still waters. Uh, following the shepherd does include valleys. And it includes dark valleys, uh, dark valleys where you think you absolutely don't see any light at all. And I, I appreciated his scholarship, but I appreciated his heart here. I'm going to read it again. Dark valleys, dark, dark valley is just as much a right path, and the shepherd leads us through the right paths, the paths of righteousness, as the green pastures. Uh, is, isn't this true? Life has it all, doesn't it? Life has green pastures and still waters, but life has dark valleys. Um, 
referencing a sermon series that I did here at Hope called Seasons. There's all kinds of seasons in our life. There, there, we can be in a scary season, a dark valley season. Uh, for some, the season that we're in right now seems dark. Um, and the dark valley it can be a picture of death. Uh, and for some in this season, uh, I mean, the first of March, life was there. And death has happened even because of this pandemic. I mean, it, it can be death. Uh, in the dark valley, there's the unknown, the question marks. Uh, there is the, there is the uh, what's lurking there. It, it just goes on. So, but the key word about the valley of the shadow of death or the dark valley, uh, the key word is, is still what I mentioned to you earlier. It is he leads us through. Nowhere does it say we camp out in the valley. He leads you through the valley. And then it says, because of this, I fear no evil or I fear no danger. Why? Well, why do I fear no evil in this dark valley, this valley of the shadow of death? Why do I not fear any of this at all? Well, I don't fear any of it at all because it, he says, the psalmist writes, because the Lord is with us. And I say to the Lord, because you are with me is why. That's our emphasis today in his presence out of this verse. I really want to emphasize the phrase, you are with me. You are absolutely with me in this valley. You see, we go back to verse one in recognizing that he's my personal shepherd, not just us collectively, but also as an individual. He is my shepherd. The gospels refer to him as the good shepherd. Hebrews refer to, refers to him as the great shepherd. <clears throat> and what does he do? He leads us to peace, which would be the green pastures. He leads us to calm, which would be the quiet and the still waters. <clears throat> and it says he restores me. <clears throat> when I say restores me, uh, what does that mean? Well, I, I'm going to tell you, in the midst of where we are right now, I'm talking about right now, this day that I'm preaching this sermon, we're worn out. I've been, I've been tired and I didn't know why I was tired. <clears throat> Going through this season is draining. It's emotionally draining. We're not only living in the present, we're trying our best to figure out the future. Again, my reference to the question marks. What's it going to look like? Is the economy going to come back in the fall? When are we going to feel the ripple effects? Are we already feeling the ripple effects? Are the ripple effects going to be greater? Are the waves going to be greater from them? There's a lot of questions going on. We're, we're, we're handling fatigue. <clears throat> Some of you parents, uh, I just got to say this in laughing. Obviously, you're not going to do this. And obviously, I don't want you to do it. But I saw a video on Facebook about parents taking their kids back to school for the first day and the parent rolls up in an SUV and just throws their kids out on the ground. Um, I, 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 it was, it's wrong, but it was funny. I just have to tell you that. Uh, my point is, some of you parents are worn out just because your kids are home. And some of your kids are worn out because they're home with you. And some of you are having trouble with your spouse, meaning you love them, but you just had enough of them. Uh, 
I, I, I try to bring a little bit of a smile to this to you because uh, it, 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 I, I, need, I need restoration just trying to navigate through this pandemic. And I know that you need it too, as a parent, as a child, as an employee, as an employer, our governor, bless his heart, he didn't sign up for this. Our president didn't sign up for this. No world leader signed up for this. Uh, I feel sorry for them. Do I agree with all their policies? You know I don't, but it, I don't hate them. Uh, my goodness, there's just a lot going on and it becomes draining. We need restoration and our shepherd does that. Uh, peace to the green pastures, calm with the still waters. He restores me and you need restoration. Uh, not only from the kids, I've had conversations and there's a new phrase that has come up. It's a two word phrase. It's called Zoom fatigue. You all are so tired of, of, of getting your, your instruction uh, online as students. I'm sure you teachers are just as frustrated as doing it, getting it ready for them. I've talked to business people over in their meetings or Zoom meetings and just the what's referred to now as Zoom fatigue, it, it has just worn you out. We're needing restoration. I think we're trying to already learn how much we need each other. And I don't mean just a text or a FaceTime or a Skype or a Zoom. Uh, I mean, we actually need each other, which I believe is the picture of the church and a picture of the gathering of the church is that we need that encouragement to each other. That's another sermon for another day. And um, um, I told Julie the other night, I said the, the number 19 is not going to be very popular in the future. I mean, just the references of COVID-19. Of any more news updates, which I look at them too because of the life of our church, our daycare, our employees, all kinds of things. Uh, my, point, my point in this is there's restoration. The shepherd, he brings peace by taking us to the green pastures. He gives us calm to the still waters. He does restore us. And we are in need of restoration. And who's going to do that? Your shepherd is going to do that. He brings peace, calm, restoration. Listen, even in the dark valleys. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit behind the scenes here. Um, I, I let Tyra or whomever is signing read my sermon um, so that they will understand where I'm going and any new words they need to sign. I try to do that. I actually give the sermon to Logan afterwards so we can use character generation and put verses up on the screen, that kind of thing. But preparing this sermon today took me back to a hymn that I grew up with. and It's called Peace in the Valley. And a while ago, I sang it to them. Yeah, you missed it. That's just all I'm going to tell you. You missed it. And I got to tell you this, uh, it was Elvis's version of Peace in the Valley. <laughs> but there's peace in the valley for me. And uh, that's going to lead us into the next thing, and that is there's peace in the valley. Uh, I fear no danger. I fear no evil. I, I fear no predator. I fear no lurking thing, no scary thing. Why is our emphasis today? 
is because he is with me. I, I hope you enjoyed the fact that I didn't sing it to you, Peace in the Valley, Elvis style, that I just did that to Logan and Tyra. But I did have fun doing it, and it's truth. I have peace in the valley uh, because the valley is just as much a part of life as the quiet, the quiet waters, still waters, or the green pastures. I, I appreciate Dean Kinder or, or Derek Kinder of doing that and bringing that out to me. Now we go to the part of the scripture verse that is our focus for the day. You are with me. You need to know something here. If you, if you, if you don't spend time with this, you won't catch it. But the, the point you need to get a hold of here is you are with me, is the shepherd is no longer ahead leading the flock to follow him. He's not there now. He has become my escort. So when a shepherd handles his sheep, many of you all know this and have used this. It's old news to you, but hang on. We've got the flock that is following the shepherd. We follow the shepherd. But now the shepherd is not ahead. The shepherd has come back and he is with us. He has become my escort. Let me remind you today, through this pandemic and this crisis and all these question marks of everything that you're wondering about what is lurking in the dark valley, uh, he, he's no longer just ahead. He's moved back with us, navigating us and walking us through. He becomes my escort. <clears throat> uh, the, Derek Kinder wrote this. He said, his presence overcomes the worst thing that remains. His presence alone overcomes the worst thing that remains. Remember, Jesus is the good shepherd in the Gospels. In Hebrews, he's the great shepherd. And he is the only one who can lead us through the valley of darkness, the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Why is he the only one who can lead us through this valley of the shadow of death, this dark valley? It becomes very simple. All other gods have to stop there. Uh, no other guide, guide can go any further. <clears throat> and if you don't have Jesus, you're in this valley alone. Uh, no other guide can do that. Uh, all other guides go back. And I, 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 told, I told Logan and Tyra, I couldn't wait to get to this part. Not my shepherd. My shepherd does not go back. Say it with me. I don't know if you are or not. I'll just have to see your comments. But hey, not my shepherd. My shepherd does not go back. My shepherd is the only shepherd who can lead us through these dark valleys and these dark times. Remember the word through. He's the only one. Why is he the only one? Because he conquered Death and he conquered the grave. And who else can lead us through the valley of the shadow of death but the one who has conquered it? My shepherd can do that. Amen. He's no longer ahead of me. He has come back with me and he gives us personal escort through this valley. I, I want to bring up the fact of it being the valley in the shadow of death or the dark valley. Years ago, um, when I started preaching in 1986, 
Actually, my first church was in January of 1986. Uh, back then, you didn't have anything online, and we preachers would buy these really big, thick books of illustrations that you could use in your sermons, and they were topical. <clears throat> you could look up a certain topic, and there'd be all these illustrations down. And I remember one that was given by Dr. Uh, Donald Barnhouse. Um, that I read, and I, I used it at funerals. I would use it occasionally at church. I've used it at Hope Church. <clears throat> if you remember it, great. If you don't, uh, this may seem new to you or just be a reminder of it. But I've never heard anything else explain the shadow of death any more than his own personal life story. <clears throat> Dr. Uh, Donald Barnhouse was a Presbyterian pastor in Philadelphia, I think he pastored the 10th Street Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. Had a wife named Ruth and two daughters. And his wife, Ruth, uh, was diagnosed with cancer and eventually died of cancer in 1944. <clears throat> so Dr. Barnhouse is leaving the funeral of his wife, Ruth, with his two daughters. <clears throat> He's in his head, he's just trying to figure out how to explain things to his two girls. As he's going down the road, the sun is beginning to set. And um, on the road, a moving van pulled out in front of them. And when the moving van pulled out in front of them, you know that they're tall so they can store furniture and whatever. The moving van blocked the sun and the shadow of the moving van was cast over the car. And it, it alarmed his children, scared them. And he said it was at that moment that the idea happened in his head of how he could explain what happened to their mother, his wife, Ruth. And so he saw they were scared. Nothing happened from that other than the children were frightened. And he said... Um, well, were, you, were you scared of the shadow or were you scared of the truck? And the kids responded, we were afraid of the truck. Uh, and so he used this illustration to teach his two daughters about the death of their mother, his wife, Ruth. He said, I want to remind you that the shadow can't hurt you. The shadow can't hurt you. He said, uh, when Jesus died, he got hit by the truck. But when your mama died, she only got hit by the shadow because when Jesus died, he took the full force of death for every single one of us. Have you ever thought about it that way? I mean, I'm going to die. If, if he tarries his coming, I, I'm going to die. But I'm not going to die a death like Jesus died. Jesus took the hit for every one of us. Do you understand that? The wrath of God, the penalty of death, all of that, the, the weight of the sin of the world. I don't, you're just going to have to sit and ponder on that for a moment. Let him speak into that through his word and his presence to let you know that when I die, I am not taking on the full force of death because Jesus has already taken the hit for me. Golly, you all, you talk about a complete savior. You talk about a shepherd and I say, because he's my shepherd, I lack nothing. 
Yes, this old body's gonna die if the Lord tarries his coming, but I'll never face the full force of death. Why? Because Jesus has already conquered it. He's conquered death and he has conquered the grave. Uh, now to us, death is only a shadow because of what he has done for us. And this resurrected Jesus is gonna come back and escort you through that valley of the shadow of death, that dark valley. There's gotta be some Pentecostal blood in me because I just wanna shout to high heaven with that, you know? Gosh, you all, listen, stop and think and feel that, yeah, I'm gonna die. It's gonna seem like a natural death or whatever death, but I'm only encountering the shadow because Jesus took the full force of it. I can't say that enough. I hope you capture that in your heart Amen. today. Um, so uh, we're only going to experience the shadow. And here's our shepherd again, our savior. He's leading us through. Crossing the resurrection, it's the basis and the foundation of the gospel, but it is a picture of him leading us through. And then he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I really want to emphasize the word comfort here. He brings comfort to you. The rod is a protection club that he used to keep predators off the sheep. The staff, uh, basically the shepherd's crook that you may use in your landscaping uh, that is used to hold a potted flower or whatever that you're going to get from Mother's Day. Uh, it is guidance and discipline. It's to help keep us in line that he uses the shepherd's crook for us. But what do these two things mean? It means his authority. The shepherd has uh, the authority over the predators with the club or the rod, and he has authority over us of guiding us and directing us and even disciplining us and keeping us in line. And I wanna tell you something. The fact that I know that my resurrected Jesus has all authority brings comfort to me. I have question marks and you do too. I'm trying to navigate a church, an audience, an enlarged audience now because of this, uh, through this pandemic and this crisis. Just remember, I'm only the under shepherd. Do I have some responsibilities and roles? Absolutely, every preacher and pastor you know does. But it is the shepherd who is going to escort us through this dark valley, this valley of the shadow of death and their security in him having the rod and the staff. There is security in him having the authority and I rest in that. I hope and pray today that you captured our main point. And our main point is, Lord, you are with me. You are my shepherd. You guide, you lead, you let, you anoint, you do all those things, but you are with me. And today in your praying and in your worship, in a moment when we take communion together, and you can gather that up if you want to, uh, will you just give thanks and say thank you, not only for coming to this earth and being the sacrificial lamb of God, but thank you that you are with me, walking me through the darkest valleys of my life. Grace and peace.